Welcome back to Daryl Spikizzi at KubeCon EU 2022 in person. Yay! Yay! People! <laughs> Hugs! Oh, it's been amazing. Oh, it's been amazing, oh right? I'm here with my dear friend Julie that I personally know for years since she was so nice to invite me on one of my first DevOps days. DevOps Days Boise? Yeah. It was so good. Oh, so much fun. We always enjoy DevOps Days Boise. And yes. we actually just had our uh, most recent one, May 4th. May 4th. Yeah, it was amazing. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I missed it, but I won't miss the next one. He will not miss the next one. I won't you miss heard the next it here one. first. And you shouldn't as well. Don't <laughs> miss the next one. All right, so Julie, you work at Gremlin, yes. which is known as one of the companies that do chaos engineering. Whatever it means. Yeah, so that's actually been a really interesting question we've been getting a lot at here. Uh, like, what is chaos engineering? Which is the practice of proactively injecting failures into your systems to find weaknesses before your customers experience it, to, to find those potential points of failure. Uh -huh. And a lot of people have said things such as, uh, we already have too much chaos. Right. Uh, so we can't. You don't need, you don't need I, more. I mean, if I yeah. break something that will screw up my customers, yes. that's not the plan. Yeah, except when you really look at it, the whole goal with chaos engineering, which just might be unfortunately named, is to reduce the chaos, right? Because it's much better to have, I don't know, a call or a practice at two o'clock on a Tuesday after I've had plenty of coffee from this amazing booth, by the way, uh -huh. um, versus 2 a.m. on a Saturday when you're unprepared. So why not prevent the incidents from happening in the first place by hardening our systems? And uh, this comes like, you do it on your production systems. You, yeah. And you do it on your production systems because that's the only system that actually matters. Oh, absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the misconceptions is that you can only practice chaos engineering in production, but you can actually start in development and then move to staging and then move to production because it's about learning along the way and architecting for failure. So it's okay if you don't practice chaos engineering in production right away. I mean, eventually we I, get there. I, I don't want to practice in, in production at all. I only want to do it in staging. Well, eventually you need to get there because no environment is like production, right? At some point you want to practice in production, but that's why we limit our blast radius. All so, right, what does that mean? So our blast radius, if you think about it, it's how much of an impact is this going to have on our right, system? Right. So maybe I'm not going to run an experiment that consumes 100% of CPU in production. Uh, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> but what we can do is maybe let's start with 5%. Okay. And let's see, okay, is our system resilient to that? And then we can bump it up to 10%, to 15%, to 50%. At what point does our system break? So there we know where our thresholds are right. and it's a lot safer and that is a key is safety because you want to have what we call abort conditions set up like okay. at what point do you stop that experiment because the whole goal is to make our customer experience better not to make them have a bad day yeah that's the yeah. idea right so. okay so you stop at some point and then you learn something yes what do you do with that well you're either gonna learn, you know, kind of one of two things. Either you validated your hypothesis that you started out with that says that this system we think is resilient to this type of a failure or that the customer experience will degrade gracefully, or you find that it didn't work that way. You 
know, it was a bad experience. It wasn't resilient to that. The customer got some random error code that only an engineer can understand. Uh -huh. Either outcome is great because right. on one hand, you learn something. Yeah, you know that your system is resilient. You know, it's reliable. On the other hand, you found a failure before your customer found it. But it's really important to document those learnings, especially if you found a failure, so that you can determine, is the ROI to fix this worth it? And what are we going to do to make sure that we prevent that failure from happening in the future? But this is where other concepts kick in, right? Because it's not enough to make your system break. You need to actually know what broke. You do need to know what broke, which means that you've got to have observability. There we right? go. <laughs> you need to be able to also monitor those systems. and. Some folks say that you can't practice chaos engineering until you have robust metrics, and that's, that's not true. Uh -huh. like, sometimes you have to start somewhere. So let's just gather some baseline metrics. You know, what's that, that steady state or nominal state of uh -huh, our system? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then understand that, and then we can validate those metrics. Right. And then, like, there's the cultural piece as well, too, because, first of all, do we know if our alerting works based on our monitoring? Uh, how about our escalation policies? And actually, do our teams know how to work together? Do they actually know how to run through an incident? Because so you yeah. you not only checking the boundaries on the systems, you actually practice incident management. Yes, but that is different than testing your people. So I'm not trying to like catch you off guard. Like, oh my gosh, did Baruch answer the page in the middle of the night? That that sounds like a terrible idea. It is a terrible idea. Like the goal with chaos engineering is to make sure, first of all, your teams are prepared. Right. They know that there's an experiment that's going to be happening. That's scheduled on a calendar. We're not okay. we're not tricking people. We're <laughs> trying to to build a culture where we embrace failure and learn from it. Right. But at the same time, like if you're doing a game day and you've got a couple of different teams, now these teams learn how to work together and also understand more about each other's systems that may have dependencies there. Right. Yeah. Right. So it sounds important and it also sounds a little bit fun. It is a little bit fun. So that's, that's one of the things I was actually talking uh, with my co-speaker, because I'm speaking about this actually later today. I was talking to him about it. He's like, you know, experimentation sounds too fun. Like some organizations <laughs> may not want to like just let their engineers run free and have fun. So it is fun learning about things. And if you think about it, like people, we've been doing this since the beginning of time. Um, I'm an avid mushroom hunter, so I, I, I search for morel mushrooms in Idaho. Right. And it's great. But I think about the people that were the original ones that thought, oh, uh, should I eat that? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you, you don't know. Yeah, some things will kill you. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. And some, some things will make you feel very good, but not very productive. Exactly. <laughs> so they're experimenting with that. And as much as we want to experiment, at some point, we also want to automate our experiments. Right. Because we want to be able to focus on doing the things as engineers that, that you're trying to do, you know, build reliable systems, get those new features out there, make sure you're competitive in the market, uh -huh. things like that. So. Okay, so I think I understand the concept, what Gremlin does, uh, how it enables all that that we spoke about. Yeah, so with Gremlin, we enable you to inject those attacks or, or to have those attacks on your system. So, you know, you can inject latency or consume CPU. Uh -huh. uh, heck, you can black hole, that's an attack that we call it, it's a black hole where you can um, completely block traffic to another application. And we allow you to do that in a safe way because, as I mentioned, we don't want a bad experience yeah, for the customer. Yeah, yeah. So if we see these customer metrics start to degrade, 
And there's a button. It's actually a big red button. And you can't exactly <laughs> push it. You have to click it. It's not as fun, but still. Oh, but, there are you know, USB buttons that you can plug, and they're like huge oh, physical yeah. buttons, and, and then, then you just do this. All right, so we'll work on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, idea. that's important. Gonna, I should add that to the feature board. That's, that's important. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but <laughs> it does allow you to stop that experiment so that you can revert back to that, that nominal state. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, what happens if when you revert to a nominal state, it doesn't really go there? What did you learn from, what, what can you learn from that? Well, you can learn exactly how your systems operate. So for example, uh, in one of our boot camps that we run, uh, when you inject too much latency, your container, it can run into a crash loop back off. Exactly. Okay? And then you click all the red buttons in the world, it won't come back. Right. And so what we actually have to do is manually go delete the pod so that it exactly. restarts. Exactly. Yes. So how about you automate that process so if that happens, you don't have to manually go in and do that uh -huh. so that you can understand that. So those are things that you can learn from practicing chaos. Very cool. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's very cool. It probably, I mean... Is this kind of work that makes us engineers exciting, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you just get to practice with new things and try new things. And, and it doesn't really matter what you call it. So call it experimentation, call it reliability testing. Sometimes, like I said, things just are unfortunately named. And sea levels don't love the term chaos. Absolutely. So think about the words that you're using. I love it. So yeah. you can rebrand it to uh, resilience experiments. And then it doesn't sound as bad as chaos engineering. Yeah. Nice. Yes. <laughs> right. so. Julie, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Um, we paid macaroons today. I will take macaroons and, yeah. and coffee. And coffee. And, coffee. and amazing Jeffrey mugs. Uh, if you are here at KubeCon, you should come to Julie's talk. It is at 2.30. 2.30. You should come and grab coffee at the Jeffrey booth. And uh, macaroons... Uh, Maybe payment to Julie will be the last one. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Uh, Devil's Days, Boise, people, don't forget. Absolutely. Next year, uh, CFP, tickets, Boise is amazing. It really is. It um, really is. You should come. You should. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having me.